Greetings to all my tech heads out there in the Kev Techify Nation. And if you're new here, welcome. In this episode, we're going to look at common network attacks. We'll take a look at an overview of network attacks. Then we'll look at reconnaissance attacks, access attacks, social engineering attacks. And finally, we'll look at a denial of service attacks. This episode is part of my series on enterprise networking, security, and automation. I'm Kevin here at Kev Techify. Let's get this adventure started. After the malware has been delivered and the user has done something to install it, typically click or run it. The payload, whatever that malware delivered, can cause a variety of network related attacks. Networks are susceptible to three types of attacks. Now there's more of them, but these are the three common ones. Reconnaissance attacks, access attacks, and denial of service attacks. When we talk about network attacks, we're gonna talk about three, well, actually four types of network attacks. And at this point in time, that threat actor, they're on your network. They are here. They're, they've already compromised your network. They're on there. Now they're gonna do something to your network. The first one is the recon attacks. This is about learning about your system, it, gathering the information, figuring out what, what vulnerabilities are available on your system. From there, we can target those vulnerabilities in what is known as the access attacks. And with those access attacks, we're gonna take advantage of those vulnerabilities. And those vulnerabilities can be in authentication services, FTP services, web services, port 80, port 443, and even SSH has been known to have vulnerabilities. Denial of service attacks. Having a multi-million dollar company is great as long as people, the customers that are paying you money can actually reach your company. They're able to contact your web servers, make a purchase, transfer you money to literally be able to use your services. A denial of service is all about having a disruption to those services. We're gonna look at reconnaissance attacks first. There are many types of reconnaissance attacks. In the start, what we're gonna do is have that threat actor perform some sort of query against your target. They're gonna go and gather some information. And it could be something as simple as a who is lookup. What we can do is go to research.domaintools.com and then you can put your target IP domain name lookup in here. Right here, we're gonna go ahead and use cisco.com and then click on search. And that will give us more in-depth information on cisco.com. As we scroll down, we can see information. Here we can see what our name servers are. We can see who the contacts are. This gives a lot of times a name and a location to the web address, IP addresses, locations of those. And if I continue scrolling down, I even get more information. Once again, we have our, the name of the person who did this here. It happens to be a job title. We get a location in California. We get phone numbers on who to contact. And then we get different types of contacts. We have the registration ID, registrant ID up here. We have the admin ID here. We have the technical 
ID. Those are, all have information that may give us a clue on how to attack them. This would be my initial level one reconnaissance of my target. Continuing on, we could do something like a ping sweep of the target network. And there are a lot of tools that are readily available to do a ping sweep. Here is one of those tools, IP range by Angry IP Scanner. Here, I did a ping sweep on my local network of the range of IP addresses right here, 10.15.33.0 all the way up to 255. But then I took it a step further. The ping sweep pings each IP address and sees if it comes back with a response or not. Then on each one of those IP addresses that came back with a response, we ran a port scan here. And that port scan shows us what ports are open on those IP addresses. Based upon the ports that are open, we can identify maybe possible vulnerabilities and run attacks against those. With that in mind, I can then run vulnerability scanners. I can target those live IP addresses and see what comes back as possible vulnerabilities I could exploit. And finally, we can run exploitation tools to take advantage of those vulnerabilities we identified. Now we're gonna look at access attacks. With access attacks, you've already gained your information You've already done your recon, and now you're here to attack. You're here to attack that box. And have attacks that manipulate data or corrupt data and information. One of the first things we'll talk about is password attacks. And this tool known as THC Hydra, a very powerful tool, will brute force password attacks. From here, you can see the list. We start with Telnet and FTP, a bunch of HTTP ones, LDAP, SMP, MySQL, Stocks, VNC, Mail Protocols, Time Protocols, even Cisco Authentication Enable, we can attack. You name it, this tool is great for pen testing. Then we have tools for spoofing attacks. You can pretend to be anybody you want to be. You can pretend to be somebody by IP address, MAC address. You can pretend to be somebody by spoofing their IP address, by spoofing a MAC address. You can even do DHCP spoofing. You can exploit connections by using trust exploitations. Then we can do port redirections, where you use a compromised system as a start to attack other systems. We can do the man-in-the-middle attack where you're monitoring data flowing across the network in between two hosts. And finally, you can do a buffer overflow where you try to over, over, overload a device in either an attempt to crash it or get some data out of it. If you like this episode on common network attacks and you get value out of it, and depending upon the platform you're using, please click that like button, give a five-star rating, leave a comment. Doing this supports the channel, which in turn helps me bring you more great content. Subscribe to my channel and click that notification bell. You can also visit my website at kevtechify.com for all of my details and how to get these episodes in video and podcast form. Social engineering is kind of like network attack number four, it just sort of slides in there. 
But social engineering allows us to take advantage of the human nature of individuals. Whether we're talking about pretexting, trying to confirm the identity of an individual by asking him a question, is this Mark Jones? Oh, it, it, it is? Okay. Now you just learned something, which is that Mark Jones is at the phone number I just called. Or to use phishing to disguise ourselves to be someone else. Or sending spam in hopes to get someone to answer a piece of junk mail by a click. And then when they click, you can take advantage of that. Another thing we commonly talk about is tailgating. When you have physical doors. And this would be when you're the threat actor and you're holding a cake and balloons in your hand. And, and you have to get through a door. Will somebody really make you take out that card and ID so you can scan to get in? Most people will just let you in. Or you could follow closely behind somebody to enter in a door before that door closes, requiring you to enter it or scan your security badge again. We did our first query regarding Cisco. We got to see some information about that registration record and the people associated with it, where they're located. Well, what if we wanted to create an email and pretend to be Cisco HR? What I could do is go to Google domains and let's see what's available for Cisco. So type Cisco in here and click get it. And for about the cost of 12 bucks a year, I can purchase Cisco systems dot business for 12 bucks a year and i can make an email but this is completely illegal horrible to do don't do it and you can create an email that would say something like we need to confirm your direct pay mail please give us all of your payroll information so that we can confirm it and you can get paid and then you could have them click on a link and that link would be Cisco systems.business. That would be in, instead of .com, it would be .business. And it could look really legitimate. And I would do my best to recreate that site. I would steal their graphics, their page layouts, their pictures to make it look more professional. And then give them a link, say, please click on this link to go here and update your banking information for your direct deposits. And then the evil threat actor you are, you'd go and steal all that account information. But once again, that's bad, that's illegal, don't do that. And that's the idea here when we talk about impersonation. Can you get someone to trust you? Can you get someone to click a link? Get someone to believe in you using human nature. There is the social engineering toolkit out there. It was designed by white hat hackers, the good hackers. And what this is, it creates social engineering attacks to test their own networks. They use it to educate users about the risks of social engineering. They use it to test, have I educated my employees enough to understand they never give out this information. And from this, you can develop strategies to validate identities over the phone, email, or in person. You can set procedures. That way, 
you never give out personal information over the phone. You need to go and see HR. You need to go and see IT at the help desk. There are seven different models, beliefs, theories to protect against social engineering. This model here has eight steps to help you to protect yourselves, your company, and your employees from social engineering. Starting up here at the top, the first one, never give out your username and passwords to anyone. That includes the IT staff. Your IT staff should never ask for usernames or passwords. If they if there's a question about the passwords, you reset it, the employee sets it to their own passwords. The next one, never leave your username and password credentials where they can be easily found. That's that post-it note on the edge of your screen that has your username and password. You should never have that. The third one, never open emails from untrusted sources. You get an email from somebody you don't know, delete it. If you think you should open it, contact your IT department about it. Fourth one, never release work-related information on social media sites. Those are unrestricted. Never put work information out there. That includes your personal information, employee ID information, username and passwords, but also who our customers are, what pay rates are. Never put any company information out there. The fifth one, never reuse work-related passwords. Never reuse them. And a lot of companies have policies that are enforced in their directory services where you can't reuse the same passwords for like 24 times. The sixth protection here is always lock or sign out of your computer when attended. If you're going to leave your desk, lock your computer, sign out of your computer. Because somebody could follow you right in, you could stand up, walk away, somebody could slip in right behind you, sit down, and they have full access to whatever you have access to. The seventh, always report suspicious individuals. Now, a suspicious individual could look like somebody that belongs there. But a good threat actor will look like they belong there. They have the shirt on that says IT staff in a badge. If you, if you don't think maintenance is scheduled today, let somebody know. Or if you don't recognize that IT person, let somebody know. It's better to be safe than sorry. And finally, the last one. Always destroy confidential information according to the organization policy. That is includes deleting files. Because if you delete a file, a threat actor could still recover that. It is possible to recover it even after you delete it. If it's a paper document, make sure you're following the processes, which typically include shredding and maybe even destroying after that. If it's hard drives, how do you get rid of your hard drives? A lot of times the company rule is we physically destroy those hard drives. We take it to a drill press and we drill through it. I even worked for one company where the, the owner would take hard drives home and use them for target practice for his 22s and shotguns. He would shoot through them. And so all of these different aspects, you should have your employees be aware of. What about those threat actors that just wanna watch the world burn? Maybe this is another part of an escalated attack. Maybe it's part of a big grandiose scheme. 
or maybe it's just a political act where we need to take down this target because of whatever the reason is. Regardless of the agenda of a threat actor, the denial of service attack result can be rather detrimental. A denial of service attack is an attack that's going to interrupt network services. This can stop users, this can stop devices, it can even crash applications. Now there's two ways that the threat actor usually goes about it. First one is sending an overwhelming amount of traffic. This is where that threat actor sends a really huge amount of data at a high rate at a target. And this could be a user or a host or even an intermediary device on your network. That target is unable to handle that amount of data so that it cannot respond to legitimate requests from legitimate users. Besides sending an overwhelming amount of data, that threat actor could send a maliciously formed packet. That threat actor would create those packets, send it to a target, and then that target wouldn't know how to handle it. Because that target doesn't know how to handle that maliciously formed packet, it could cause an air condition. And then that target, once again, can't respond to legitimate requests. We can change that denial of service attack to be a little bit different. It's called a distributed denial of service attack. And this is where we have multiple sources of threat actors hitting a target at one time. The common way this is done is using a botnet or a zombie. And the zombie is an infected host. And this infected host is part of the overall collective that is being used by a threat actor to target a specific device. Whether it's a user, a network device, or an application. And this is commonly seen in places like the dark web where you can rent a botnet full of zombies for a specific time and specific amount of throughput to be able to attack a target. It was my pleasure to provide you with this wonderful episode on common network attacks. If you like this episode and if you got value out of it, and of course, depending upon what platform you're using, please click that like button, give a five-star rating, leave a comment. This all helps me bring you more great content. Please take a minute to subscribe to my channel. All of my socials and contact information are on my website, kevtechify.com, and you can get these episodes in video and podcast form. In the upper right is my playlist for my series on enterprise networking, security, and automation. In the bottom right is one of my episodes that I linked specially for you. Thank you so much for watching this episode on my series of enterprise networking, security, and automation. Once again, I'm Kevin. This is Kev Techify. I'll see you next time for another great adventure.